Hello, friends. This is Pastor David, the voice of Phineas Javelin. You know, I want to talk to you today about a prayer that Jesus Christ prayed for us, the Christians. But at the time he walked, he prayed it for himself, and he prayed it for his disciples, and then he prayed it for us, knowing that we would uh, soon come along. If I were to ask you, as a Christian, where this particular prayer is in the Bible, would you be able to tell me? You know, the one thing about walking, being a Christian, walking after the Lord, we need to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to know who it is that we serve, to know, you know, when he speaks to us out of his word, where those things are in the Bible, because we need to know this. We need to understand one thing, that this life as Christians, it's a real life. This life that we live as remnant Christians is a real life. In order for us to be able to get to where I believe your heart's desire is to go, and I know where my heart's desire is to go, we're going to need to make sure that we do the things that are necessary to get there. But this great prayer, this what I call the great high priestly prayer that comes out of St. John, the 17th chapter, it's a great prayer once again. Jesus Christ prayed it. And we have to know that since Jesus Christ prayed the prayer, then the prayer is answered. You could say at the time that he prayed it, it was going to be answered. But I can tell you right now that the prayer that Jesus Christ himself prayed is answered. It was answered for the disciples. It was answered for himself first, and then it was answered for us today. You know, Jesus Christ prayed that he would be glorified by the Father. He wants to be glorified by the Father, he said, because him and the Father were one. And then after he prayed that he would be glorified so that he could glorify those, so that he could glorify, his, glorify those that God sent him, which were the disciples, and that the disciples would know that he was sent by the Father so that he would be glorified by them and that he would glorify them. It's a great prayer. Instead of reading the whole prayer, the whole chapter, uh, I will leave that up to you to do, to take the time to read the 17th chapter of St. John, this great high priestly prayer. But you know, there's a couple of things that were said in here that I do want to cover. I just want to cover them for a few minutes uh, as we prepare, you know, for this great life that God has for us. You have some that are just now being saved. You have some of us who have been saved for many years, but I don't care how long you've been saved, how short a time you've been saved. This great high priestly prayer that Jesus Christ himself prayed for himself, for the disciples, and for us today is a prayer that we need to hang on to. It's a prayer that should encourage us to live our life knowing that if Jesus Christ prayed this prayer to the Father, then the prayer has been answered. And if we can know that the prayer has been answered, well, then there's no reason why we should live our life or believe that we have to live our life outside of what God has set forth for us to live. So there's, you know, in this prayer, uh, after all had been prayed, not all had been prayed, but when he prayed up to this particular point. I want to start at verse number 14 of St. John, the 17th chapter, and I want to read 
just a couple of verses there, and then I'll skip forward and read a couple of other verses, and then we'll just kind of discuss this. Because let me tell you something, my friends, there's no way that we can profess to be saved and 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 not understand that we have the power through Christ Jesus to live our lives as a holy people, as a sanctified people, This, which is something that he's going to pray for here as we read the scripture. Let me go ahead and read this. Starting at verse number 14 of St. John, the 17th chapter, he says, I have given them thy word. And he's talking about this as disciples. Jesus says, I have given the disciples thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world. See, my friends, we're in this world, but we are not of this world. And because we hold on to the word of God, the world hates us. And you might think that's strong language, but it's not strong language. It's true language. It's language that, that Jesus Christ himself spoke because he knew that this is going to be the, li the, 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 the life of the Christian. This was going to be the life of the believer, the one that would believe on him. He said, I have given them thy word. He's, this is Jesus Christ praying to the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And I like this I like this 15th verse. Listen to this 15th verse. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil of the world. Jesus Christ is talking to the Father, and he's saying that he prayed that, not that God would take these disciples out of the world, but that he would keep them from the evil of the world. And the very same prayer, that very same prayer that he prayed for the disciples applies to us today. It applies to us that we have the power to be in this world, even, we're not, even though we're not of this world. Jesus Christ has prayed for us. He prayed this prayer to God, and we have to know, you have to know that because he prayed this prayer, this prayer has been answered. If the world will be so hateful to them, this is what this, the explanation of this particular verse, if the world will be so hateful of them, the easiest way to secure them would be to hasten them out of it to a better world. That would be heaven. But Christ would not pray that for his disciples. For two reasons. One, because he came to conquer not the the countenance of those uh, intemperance, uh, heats and passions which make men impatient of life and in, 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 importunate, in, importunate of death. It is his will that we should take up our crosses and bear them not outrun them. And two, because he had worked for them to do uh, in the world in, in pity to this dark world, Christ would not have these lights removed from the world, but to continue in it, especially for those in the world that were to believe in him through the world. Jesus Christ prayed this prayer, not that we would be delivered from the world, but that we would stay in the world because the world needs us. You know, the world needs to know, the unsaved world needs to know that, that, that there is a God and that there is a Savior, Christ Jesus. And we have become the, the representatives of the Savior, 
Christ Jesus. We have become the representatives. We have become the ones uh, that that will take the, the, the good news out there and share it with those that need to hear it. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. It'd be one thing, you know, people, uh, Christians, they want to be saved, my friends, but they don't want to do no work. And don't get me wrong. We can't, we don't work our way into heaven. It's not about that. But what it is, is that what, what, what we have been called to this great commission, it's this great commission that gives us the responsibility to do the work that we're supposed to do. And that's why Jesus Christ said that he didn't, he didn't pray that God would take us out of the world once we're saved, that we, we won't have to put up with anything anymore. But he, he prayed that we would be kept from the evil of the world. And I like that. I like the fact that I can do the work that God has called me to do. And no matter how bad I'm hated, no matter what humanity might say about me, I can still live my life in victory. I can still live my life in power. I can still accept the responsibility of this new salvation that I was so freely given and then understand that it's a great privilege to work. It's a great privilege to live this life as a Christian, no matter what the world says, no matter how hard it can be. Because, you know, this is, a, you know, we're living in a world, my friends, where it can be very hard. I mean, people are just mean nowadays. Uh, 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 and Christians are being uh, maligned. And, and no matter what it seems like we do, no matter how we try to show God's love to society, society doesn't want God's love. If it doesn't come to them the way they want it, then they don't want it. People want to make God to be what they want him to be. They want to make Jesus Christ to be the savior that they want him to be. I had a woman in the church one day, she made a very profound um, statement. You know, when you know about Ezekiel, the, the, the potter and the clay, uh, God is the potter and we are the clay. She made the statement that in a time such as this that we live in, people want to be the potter and they want God to be the clay. They want to be the one to mold him and to make him to be what they want him to be. They don't want to live a life of holiness because that's what we have been called to. We've been called to a life of holiness. We've been called to a life that will glorify God. The word of God says in the scripture, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You know, and then he says in First Peter, the first chapter, verse 15 and 16, you know, be holy for I am holy in all manner of conversation because he who have called you is holy, so you be holy still. This great prayer, this great high priestly prayer, this prayer that Jesus Christ, the final lamb of sacrifice, prayed for himself, prayed for his disciples, and prayed for us is a prayer that's answered. And because we know that it's answered because you have to know that it's answered as a Christian, then we have the responsibility and the great privilege, and we should have the love for God that we would live out the blessing that we get from this prayer. Let me read on. Verse number 16 says, uh, they, are not, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And this is Jesus Christ once again speaking of the disciples. They are not even of the world, even as I am not of the world, he says. And he goes on in verses 17 and says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. 
neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. See, we have gotten the word in 2020 and in the New Testament era, we have received the word about Jesus Christ from the preaching of the disciples, those that became apostles, James and Peter, and of course, Paul the apostle, who was the one of the greatest of all the apostles. We believe on Jesus, Jesus Christ through these men and through what they did. They were sanctified. Jesus Christ asked the Father to sanctify him. That is to set him apart for God's use, which he was. Jesus Christ was set apart for God's use. He was 100% man and he was 100% God. And then he prayed that the disciples would be sanctified, set apart for God's use. Even though they were in the world, they were not of the world, even as Jesus Christ wasn't of the world. They were set apart for God's use. And because they received that sanctification from the prayer that Jesus Christ prayed, and now we ourselves today, on our belief on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are also sanctified. We are also set apart for God's use. Oh my goodness, my friends, we are in great company living on this earth in a time such as this. In 2020, at the time this coronavirus has people living their lives in such fear, in such turmoil, people are running all over the place buying whatever they can get their hands on because they because I believe that many people out of ignorance are they're afraid of tomorrow. They don't know what tomorrow brings, but for those of us who are saved and, as the scripture says, sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, we have no reason to be afraid. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Jesus Christ prayed not that we would be taken out of this world of trouble, but that we would stay in this world of trouble, live in this world of trouble, shine as lights in a dark and dying world in this world full of trouble, that we would be the salt of the earth, that we would be that salt that brings a season and flavor to the world and at the same time preserves it. It's a great tasking that we have been given. And, you know, my friends, the, the confidence that I take as a pastor, as just a man of God, as a grandfather, as a son, and, you know, as a cousin, uh, 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 I, I take it, I take it, it's, it's such a privilege, it's such a great privilege to be able to labor in this harvest. Jesus Christ told the disciples, told the disciples, you know, the harvest is plenteous, but their laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. Those very laborers that Jesus Christ was speaking of were the disciples themselves. They became, if they would take on the tasking that he gave them, they would, they would, it would be a privilege for them to labor in his harvest. They would become the very answers that Jesus Christ told them to pray. He said, y'all pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, who is God, would send forth laborers into his harvest. They would be the laborers. They would be the ones that would go out into the into the harvest and, and, and tend the field. And that's who we are. 
That's who uh, the, the remnant Christians are. That's who we are. We are the ones to be the laborers to, to, to go out into the field. You know, you know uh, I can only imagine how, what a hard work it is to see, uh, uh, I mean, to work in a, in a, in a, on a farm. You know, I, as a driver, I, I spend time out in the countryside and down along the border areas. And I know some of you might have seen it yourself, you know, uh, migrant workers working in the fields. And they work in the fields in some of the worst conditions. Sometimes it's scorching hot. Sometimes it's uh, raining. Sometimes it might just be cool and comfortable. But they work hard. They're hard workers. The one thing I can say about migrant workers and and people that will that maybe uh, the the men that work on the highways that get out there and and pave the roads that we travel on, and they do it. You know, they they do it for uh, to get paid. And they do it so that we can have a way to get back and forth without our guts being rattled out on, on these bumpy roads. And then, of course, the migrant workers, they, they tend the fields and bring the crop in so that we have food to eat. But in all these things, these are honorable things that they do. And they're hard workers. They're laborers. They're laborers in the tasking that they've been given. And we as Christians... We are, we should be, we should take our tasking as serious. We should, we are laborers in the harvest that one day when Jesus Christ comes back to, uh, to, uh, uh, to, uh, bring in the harvest, how will, what kind of fruit will we have bared? Will we have worked hard? Will we have worked hard and done all that we need to do to make sure that people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. See, because when Jesus Christ prayed this uh, high priestly prayer, when he started off, he, 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 he asked God to glorify him first. Because once God glorified him as the 100% man and 100% God, you know, when he had gone and John the Baptist had baptized him and the Holy, the, uh, the dove came down, the symbol of the Holy Spirit and said, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was the sealing of his ministry. 100% man and 100% God. And from that point on, he became the one that would call in the laborers. And then he called the disciples. And, and once he was glorified, you know, uh, he, he asked God to glorify them so that they, they, their eyes would be open. And, and, and through the Holy Spirit, they knew that he was the Savior. They knew that he was the King. It was, it was through this glorification process of Jesus Christ himself and then the disciples and then how they taught and they became the apostles and they became the ones to give the word down and pass the word down to us. That's where we are today. The, the New Testament church where we have the ability to listen to the word and read the word and be sanctified by the word. Oh my goodness, my friends, you know, do you realize that when you get the word in you and you no longer strive against the word, but when you get the word in you, when you allow the spirit of the living God to take the word and bind it across your neck and write it across the tables of your heart, the word of God says, then you'll find favor in the sight of God first and then in man. But we're in a time where people don't want to hear anything about God. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to paint with a broad brush because I know there are people out there that still need to hear the word of God. 
because that's what our the great commission, the great tasking that we have. That's why we have been sanctified. That's why Jesus Christ prayed this prayer that he would be sanctified, the disciples would be sanctified, and then we would be sanctified. We're sanctified by this uh, uh, by the by this holy process of being saved, set apart for this great use. But there are people out there, some that want to hear it, that still need to hear it, and but you have a lot nowadays that don't want to hear it. But that's why Jesus Christ said he prayed that he prayed not that that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but thou that thou should keep them from the evil of the world. Listen to me. It doesn't. The, the, there's no weapon that's formed against the saints of God that can prosper. Do you know that if somebody were to walk up here into this room and come into my house and and take my wife's life and then come and take my my life, we know exactly where we're going. We know exactly where we're going. I have no doubt in my heart and in my mind that when when my time comes in to an end, I'm going to go home to be with the Lord. But the one that comes in and and does the damage, what about that soul? What about that person? Does he or she realize that if they take my life and they go live their life unrepentant, then if they die in that unrepentant sin, then hell will be their home? See, it's our responsibility. We've been sanctified, set apart for the very purpose of talking and telling the very people that would hate us that they need Christ. You know, it would seem like, you know, uh, that, that that's that's not... Why should we have to do that? Why should we have to be the ones to go to the people that hate us and love them and care for them? Why should we have to do that? Why doesn't why does just, Jesus do that by himself? Well, he could. But you know what? When we were saved, when you were saved, when I became saved, we were not saved unto ourselves. We became saved so that we could be in this pitiful world amongst pitiful people who hate God, who hate the Christ, who hate babies, who hate uh, the different colors of the skin, who are thieves and murderers and liars and cheats and uh, adulterators and whoremongers and drug addicts and, 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 and alcoholics uh, doing the things that some of us did. I, you know, I don't know about you. I got saved when I was 30 years old and I wasn't no perfect person. I wasn't no perfect man. I had my I had my ways about me that were ungodly that were not good. I drank, I smoked weed, I cursed. You know, I, you know, I I stole, I fought. I, I disrespected authority. There's a lot of things that I did that that look. I wasn't proud. I wasn't proud of doing them. But you know what? Those things have the, those things can no longer be held against me. The accuser of the brethren who was Satan would try to hold those things against me and tell me that I don't have the right to do what I'm doing, but I don't have to listen to what Satan says because God has given me the authority. God cleaned me up. He's the one that that saved me. He's the one that, that set my feet on the paths of righteousness. And so because he did that, through the Son, through the final Lamb of sacrifice, who is Christ Jesus. And because Jesus Christ prayed about me in this high priestly prayer. Can you think, when this prayer was prayed, Jesus was thinking about you. When Jesus Christ prayed, uh, prayed this prayer, all of those who would be saved. If you're out there listening to this broadcast and you're saved, Jesus Christ was praying this prayer about you. That you would be sanctified that you would be prepared, that you would be fit for 
the battle, fit for the warfare, fit for living life in such a hard time as even today is. And so we don't have to go through this life fearful and afraid and cowardly. There's nothing worse than a cowardly Christian. There's nothing worse than a Christian that's ashamed of being a Christian. Especially after Jesus Christ has prayed the prayer. Because, you know, once again, if Jesus Christ prayed this prayer and we know that he did, then we know this for sure that the prayer is answered. You know, this supernatural God that we serve, my friends, can you think about the very, the Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are one, the Trinity. And there are some things that are so hard for us to understand that they won't be made totally and perfectly clear to us until we get to heaven. And do you realize that? And, and let me, and, and let me, and let me uh, 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 put a footnote in here that if we knew everything about God, if we knew everything about his mind, if we knew everything that he said and everything that he did, if we could understand him to the letter, then you must realize that we wouldn't need him because we would be just like him. But we don't. We don't understand everything. The, 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 the Trinity, the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, three, uh, three persons eternally existent in one. God the Father who came down from heaven, came down, he came down from heaven, wrapped himself in flesh, walked amongst his creation, went through all of the trials, got the victory over death, got the victory over sin, got the victory over unrighteousness, had to uh, uh, carry his own cross all the way to Golgotha. God did that. The God that created the heavens and the earth did that. And he could have called down 12 legions of angels, 72,000 angels, if he wanted to, to take him off that cross. But he didn't because he became the final lamb of sacrifice. He became the great high priest. No longer a need for killing bulls and rams and goats and making cakes of flour. He became the final lamb of sacrifice. He became the one that we would look to that would save us. And then he told us, Jesus Christ, he told us that he said it was expedient for him to go away, that he would send us another comforter, the Holy Ghost. So you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit that abides in the sanctified ones. That's who we are. We are sanctified ones. And the Holy Spirit abides in us to keep us and to strengthen us. Yeah, we have it because Jesus Christ prayed that we would have it. He prayed for us that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit abides in us. And when we rebel against the Holy Spirit, then we rebel against Jesus Christ. And when we rebel against Jesus Christ, then we rebel against God the Father. You can't have one without the other. You can't have Jesus Christ without having God. You can't have Jesus Christ without having the Holy Spirit. You can't have the Holy Spirit without believing on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can't get to the Father without getting to the Son. But Jesus Christ, in this great high priestly prayer, he prayed for us. He prayed that we would be able to have all that we needed to get through in a time such as this. So when you are living your life, my friends, as a Christian, you have to make sure that you are living your life as a victorious Christian not getting caught up in the sin of this world, not being overtaken by the evil of this world. You know, the flesh wants what it wants. 
You know what it means to be sanctified, right? You know what sanctification means. Once again, sanctification means set apart. That means if you if you have if you have uh, 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 two glasses. One stacked on top of another, and, and one has poison in it, and one has water. The best way to get those things away from each other, so that one won't won't, uh, so that the poison won't won't um, um, the poison won't mess up the the good water, is to s split them apart, get them away from each other. We have been sanctified. We have been set apart for God's use. We're like the good glass of water, the the water that you can drink and and be refreshed goes down into your into your body and, and and wets those dry places in your in your body it, 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 and helps you feel better whereas the poison you drink it you die but we've been sanctified we've been set apart for God's use he wants us to live our lives that he gets the glory Jesus Christ prayed for us that we would glorify him are you willing to glorify the Christ are you willing to, as a Christian, not just be a brand name Christian? Because there's, there's a lot of brand name Christians. There's a lot of uh, 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 Christians that profess to be uh, uh, saved. There's a lot of Christians that pro that profess to, to love the Lord. There's a lot of Christians that that profess to want to do the, the the work of the Father. But there, but the proof is in the pudding, as a, as I would say that old saying: the proof is in the pudding. You can tell when somebody really wants to serve the true and living God by the, how they live their life for him. And once again, the important part about this prayer is that since Jesus Christ, my friends, prayed the prayer, and if you have a red letter edition Bible, then that whole chapter, 17, is in red. Jesus Christ himself is speaking. And since Jesus Christ prayed the prayer, then you can know that the prayer is answered. So there's no reason for you to feel like you can't live a life of holiness. There's no reason for you to believe that you have to do what sinners tell you that you have to do. There's no reason for you to believe that you cannot enjoy life as a Christian, laugh and 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 have a good time without being nasty and profane and fleshly and carnal. Oh my goodness, you know, when, when Jesus Christ wanted us to be sanctified so, so that we could, and, and, and him, so that we could have the authority that comes from God. You know, when you're saved and when you live your life for Christ, authority comes with that. I can do nothing of myself and nothing in this world as a carnal Christian because I have no authority. God is not going to give his authority to anybody that wants to be fleshly and carnal as a Christian. You know, you can't have it, as we say, you can't have it both ways. You can't serve two masters. Either you'll love one and you'll despise the other one, or you'll, you'll, you'll cleave to one and you'll reject the other. But you can't have, you can't serve two masters. Jesus Christ prayed for us so that we would be sanctified and that we would serve the true master. You know, the word of God says in Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse number 21, not everyone, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. Jesus Christ spoke those words in Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse number 21. 
Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, except for the one that does the will of the Father. If you accept your sanctification, if you accept your calling, if you accept your salvation as a Christian and desire to walk in that salvation, not for yourself, not for personal gain, but for those that would hate you, for those that that need your that 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 need to be pitied, for those that are lost and those that are ignorant, those that think that they are all that in a bag of chips, those that would cuss at you, that would laugh at you, that would mock you, that would um, uh, um, uh, tell jokes about you. That's what that's who we're here for. And not just them, because not everybody's bad like that. You have some that just they just don't know Jesus Christ because they've never been they've never been given the opportunity to hear about how great he is, the Savior that can open the door for them to get them into that kingdom of heaven where for an eternity where they'll never have to worry about pains and sorrowing and suffering and, and evil men down here again. But in order for that to take place, you have to have the power of the living God. You have to have the authority of the living God. So when Jesus Christ prayed that great high priestly prayer that he prayed that we uh, are talking about, he did it for us today. Here we are in 2020, March 2020, Christians, all the hedonism that's taking place in the world, all the stuff that's taking place even in the church. And you'll find as time goes on with, with uh, myself that you know, I don't claim to be the greatest thing in the church, but I'm not going to make excuse for my um, ought that I have against how the church is living, how many in the church are living. Because, see, the world watches us, and they see the way that we conduct ourselves. And when they see us conducting ourselves outside of the will of God, then you know what they call us? They call us hypocrites. They say that, that, you know, the things that we do, if we're doing the very same things that they're doing in the world, then they say that, well, I don't need that because I can do that while I can, you're doing the same things I'm doing and, and, and I'm not even saved. So why do I need salvation? I can do the same things that you're doing. We become hypocrites. We become the ones that drive people away from Christ instead of drawing them to Christ. We become the ones that, that we're going to give an account to God at judgment for, why, why did you drive so many people away from me? And listen to me. God doesn't want us to be mean because we're not mean. We're not, we're not evil. We're not homophobes. We're not all the things that the world calls us to try to make us feel guilty about our walk. That's not who we are. That's not who I am. And that's why you can say anything about me that you want because God knows me. He knows the heart that I have for his humanity. That's right, his humanity. It's not mine. It's, it's his humanity. It's, it's God's humanity. And he knows how I feel. He knows the love that I have for people. He knows the love I have for the church. And the word of God, you know, I know that, that, that because I'm not a perfect man, that when I sin, the word of God says in 1 John, the first chapter, verse 9, that if I confess my sin, that he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness, which restores me back into that relationship with him, that I can pray and know that my prayers are being heard. So when I, if I, would I have a good day, would I have a bad day rather? 
All my days are not good days. I have bad days. And, you know, the, the, the enemy, you know, causes thoughts to rest through your head and things like that. But when you, but when you, uh, uh, when you know that those things were wrong and you repent before God, he's faithful. He's just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Because see, our righteousness, as the scripture says in Isaiah, is as filthy rags in his sight. We can't come to God in our righteousness. It doesn't matter how good we think we are. It doesn't matter how uh, um, how um, good we think we treat people. If we don't do that in Jesus' name, those things are as filthy rags in God's sight. That's right. This is all scripture, y'all. I would not tell you something. I wouldn't be so bold or so so brash or so uh, stupid to tell you something that I know is not in the scripture. Because I know this. I don't want to lose the authority of God. I don't want to lose the authority that God gives me to do the tasking that he's called me to do, that he's sanctified me to do. He's left me here in this world. He saved me. And now I'm here. He didn't take me out of it. He didn't want, he didn't want, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want to save me. And then once he saved me, just uh, take me out of the world. So I didn't have any more problems. No, he, he saved me. And now he has given me a tasking and he's given you a tasking also. In these closing minutes, I would ask you, you know, if you if you want the, the greatest blessing that you could ever have, if you are not saved, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to receive salvation. You, 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 you don't have to pay for it because you can't. It, you, you can't. You don't have to work for it because you don't need to. Salvation is a free gift. It's a very free, it's a free gift that comes from it comes comes from God, and He gives it to those that will receive it. If somebody walked up to you today, or let's put it like this: if they drove up to you with a forklift, and on and on that forklift they had a pallet, and on that pallet was a stack of money. Say, let's give it a big number: ten billion dollars. And they told you that, you know what? You can have this $10 billion. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything. The only thing that you have to do is just receive it. Would you believe it? And if you believe it, would you, would you, would you, would you take it right away? Would you get that forklift and that pallet and you would try to get away with that thing as fast as you could before that person changed their mind? But you know what? Listen to me. Salvation is even greater than that $10 billion. The salvation is priceless. It's priceless. And the one that brings it to you is Jesus Christ himself. And, he, and, and if you receive it, if you take it, he's not going to take it back. Now, you might be foolish enough to say, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I decided that I don't want this $10 billion. So, you know, that's all right, Jesus. You keep your $10 billion. I want to go ahead and do I'll do things my way. And then if you do that and you and you reject that $10 billion, you would be a fool to reject that $10 billion. So it was given to you with no strings attached. So Jesus Christ brings, gives us eternal life, this, this entry to eternal life, no, no strings attached, just to serve him, just to live your life for him. The only thing he wants is to give you the greatest thing that you could ever have, and that's life eternal in his kingdom. Life eternal in his kingdom. No more suffering, no more pain, no more tears, no more crying. When you 
if 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 you are 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 uh um are missing a limb, if you're blind, if your skin is burned, no matter what has happened to you in this life, when you receive that eternity in his kingdom, you'll be a will have a hundred percent perfect body. Everything that you were missing, you'll have it. Perfect sight, perfect hearing. Everything that you have, you'll have it. it the only thing that you have to do is receive salvation through Christ Jesus. He's prayed for you. You'll be sanctified. You'll be empowered. You'll have authority. You'll have peace. You'll have spiritual strength. All that you need to live a life that God gets the glory. And then that those that you come in front of, they'll know it. They'll know that you're true. They'll know that you're right. They'll either, they'll either reject you, and that's between them and God, or they'll receive the blessing that you have to give to them. But no matter what, you've been prayed for already. In the book of Romans, the 10th chapter, the 10th chapter uh, verse 9, it says uh, um, about salvation, it says uh, uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's as simple as that. And then verse 13 goes on to say, "Who he whoever, whoever calls on the Lord shall be saved. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to dance for it. You don't have to impress anybody for it. You know, you don't have to work for it. You just have to receive it. Just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that he rose uh, on the third day that all, with all power. Confess your sins. Admit that you're a sinner. Lord, just, Lord, Lord, I, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm a sinner. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. And Lord, that you'll come into my life and be the Lord of my life all the remaining days of my life. And if you do that, and you do that, God knows that you believe it. He knows your heart. Somebody might hear you say that and go, ah, oh, he ain't about nothing. He don't believe that. He's just saying that because, because somebody told him to. No, no. If you say that and you mean it in your heart, God knows that you mean it in your heart. And from that point on, you'll be saved. And then comes a growth process. Then comes the sanctification. Then comes the learning. Then comes the, the 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 understanding, the authority that you have, understanding the great privilege that you have, understanding the responsibility that you have, understanding that life as a Christian is something to be cherished. Life as a Christian is something to be marveled at, to be um, um to be extolled. It's it's something that you know when you have it in your heart, you will give God the glory for waking you up every morning. You'll understand that it's not about you. You haven't done anything. God has done it by his mercy and grace. It's a beautiful thing, this prayer that Jesus Christ prayed. And, the, and, and I, I get my, my great pleasure from it by knowing because Jesus Christ prayed it, that it is answered. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? To, can you believe that to the, to the Savior of your soul? Can you believe that to the point to where no matter what goes on, no matter what happens, that you'll have the courage to live your life so that Jesus Christ will get the glory and that, you'll, that you won't be ashamed once again to tell, tell people about him that he's the one that did it for you. He's the one that changed you. You know, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse number 17, that says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Behold, look and see. 
you'll see the change. People will see the change. You'll see the change in yourself. But even, even greater than that, because it's real, God knows that you have changed. You, he knows that he has sanctified you for a purpose. He has called you out of darkness now to walk in his marvelous light. Oh, my friends, I'm ready to go ahead and close uh, uh, this episode. And I pray that, that, and that today uh, you will not harden your heart, that you won't harden your heart, that you won't turn your back on the greatest gift ever given to mankind and know that when you receive it, that you don't have anything to worry about because you've been prayed for already, that Jesus, the Christ has prayed for you and the God, the Father has answered his prayer and the Holy Spirit now seals you until the day of redemption. Enjoy it. Get ready for the work because it's hard work, full of labor, all types of conditions, all types of people. But if God, but, but since you've been sanctified by God, you have all that you need. Everything that you need, you have to do what you need to do. So until the next time we come back together, finish javelin, you enjoy your new walk with the Lord and don't be moved by the evil of this world. <laughs>